folks. Hi there. Welcome to our Jet Centra podcast. This is episode 23. I'm sports editor Steve Lyons, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Uh, we're still social distancing. We talked about maybe you coming into the office, Mike, and uh, doing this this week, but your allergies are acting up or whatever, so I don't want sneezing all over my office. No. Little droplets somewhere else. Thank you very much. Um, how you feeling? You feel okay though? Feeling good. It's just the combination this time of year of um, of pollen, of grass. Whenever I cut my grass, uh, whenever I swim, I guess chlorine as well. So I've, my aunt and uncle have a pool, which I've uh, I've been in a couple times, and and then I was at the racetrack the other night, Steve. Which, as you know, it can be a little dusty. And uh, it's always been this time of year. Like, I coached my son in, in baseball for years, and just standing around a dusty ball diamond, I usually get quite plugged up. But normally it's not a huge deal, but in this COVID world we're living in, uh, you get the side-eye treatment from people when you so much as sniffle, let alone sneeze. Uh, so it's, yeah, best to maintain a little bit of a distance when you're plugged up. Yeah, my, uh, I had a uh, physical, my yearly physical, um, yesterday, and the doc was telling me that the pollen rates in Winnipeg are really high this year, um, and so lots of people are experiencing what you're experiencing, and yeah. um, man, oh my god, last weekend I decided to get rid of some of the dust in my house, I've been cleaning house, and um, uh, yikes. <laughs> So I'm getting rid of some of that, and that all helps. I had a little bit of a tickle in my throat too, and it's from allergies. So yeah, uh, dust and pollen and all that stuff, man. But anyways, um, on to uh, aside from the dust and the allergies and the sneezing and all that, what's going life on? Is good. Mike? Yeah, uh, like the National Hockey League and the Players Association today announced that formal training camps, which is phase three of their return to play. Uh, plan for the 24 teams remaining that are going to resume play will open on Friday, July the 10th, provided that medical and safety conditions allow and the parties have reached an overall agreement on resuming play, blah, 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 blah. So um, hypothetically, we're going to have NHL training camp uh, maybe here in Winnipeg, July the 10th. We still don't know. Uh, where the Jets are going to have camp. And uh, Jason Bell contacted the Jets this morning to see if he could get some clarity on that. They're not willing to discuss that at this time is their response as to whether they will have camp here in Winnipeg or take it to the States to avoid some of the um, quarantine restrictions that Canada has and Manitoba has. Although, yeah, Premier Callister today announced that June 21st, tentatively June 21st, um, the provincial guidelines that were in place where Canadians coming back to, Canadian players coming from other parts of Canada to Manitoba would have to self-isolate, will not have to do that. There'll be an exemption for professional athletes and people in the film industry. I'm not exactly sure why it's those two industries, but... Actually, anybody from Western Canada won't have to, right. but the rest of Canada 
if you're a hockey player, a football player, or an actor, I guess, um, you also will not have to. Uh, strange times. What do you think about all this, Mike? Yeah, so just to boil this down with some specific names. So Adam Lowry is in Calgary right now. Um, because he would be coming from Alberta after after cheap birds, there would not be, he would not have to quarantine. And I guess in that sense, as an Albertan, there would be no special exemption being made for him. He's no different than Joe Joe or Jane Citizen who want to come to Manitoba from Calgary. Uh, Gabriel Bork, Matthew Perot, those guys are in Quebec. So that's, that's still part of the exemption or the quarantine rule. So, they would be getting exemptions as pro athletes to come back to Winnipeg. I'll say this, Steve. I mean, oh, there, there was a caveat that they were saying that they hoped or wanted these people to quarant- to self-quarantine for 14 days before they came. Right. So my understanding of that is that the, the, the 14 days of quarantine doesn't have to be right before they came to Manitoba. My understanding is that as long as they've had a period of quarantine already and that they've, you know, haven't had any symptoms since and that they've continued to practice all the social distancing and whatnot, I don't believe they have to do the 14 days and, you know, like right before getting to Manitoba. If they've done it already, and a lot of these guys have, right? Like when they initially, when the NHL season went on pause and a lot of these guys went back to wherever... Uh, a lot of them did self-quarantine initially, I think under the advice of, of the club teams. They kind of told everybody, don't go anywhere, stay stay put. So yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure why I self-quarantine three months ago applies yeah. to me, but whatever. That, you're right, it does seem like that's the case, yeah. And, and I mean, the other thing, it would be tough to police, right? Like, I mean, you don't have, it's not like getting a doctor's note where you'd have like it, it's all, it would all be word. It, it would be you'd have to take somebody at their word. Oh yeah, I, I haven't gone anywhere for two weeks. Um, now the bigger issue for the Jets and for other Canadian teams is so this has removed that that unique hurdle that was there for Manitoba that other Canadian markets didn't have, which was getting their Canadian players back to Winnipeg. So that won't be a problem. But the problem, Steve, is that the Jets actually have very few players that are actually in Canada right now. The majority of their team is scattered around the United States and even Europe. And unless the federal restrictions change, which we which require as of today still, 14-day quarantine upon returning to Canada, uh, that's still something that's that they're going to have to deal with. And you know now with a July 10th date, you get back up two weeks from that, which will be June the 26th. That's two weeks from Friday, 15 days from now. And that is when every player would have to, at the latest, be back in their Canadian market to serve out the 14 days, right? So that's why there's a lot of talk, and I think you're going to hear more of this in the coming days now, about Canadian teams potentially moving their training camps south of the border. The Vancouver Canucks have talked about it. I saw uh, Brad Living, GM of the Calgary Flames today, said that that's something they're considering. The Jets, as you mentioned, Steve, are rather silent on the issue right now. Yeah, I would take that silence, though, as a sign that they're very much considering it. Well, you know, I think that it would only be logical that they would be considering it. I'm not sure why 
it just it seems so simple to me um, and 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 I'm not you know what I mean just why not just tell these guys right that need to come back right now and then and then they can like whether it's Patrick Liney or Nikolai Ehlers or whomever Blake Wheeler um, you need to get your butts back to Winnipeg now and and I'm sorry guys but you're gonna have to isolate for two weeks boo hoo yeah um, and and then and then and then go about your business like it's like I don't the cost of going down to and oh. you really, uh, go to training camp in North Dakota like like if, if there's one place in the world like really like that where you'd want to have um, your training camp it would be Winnipeg there's no COVID here hardly and Six, like, yeah I, why would you go somewhere where there's more of it like you know what I mean that doesn't make any sense to me no it doesn't and and if they do that it, it's it's going to be revealed for what it really is is they're basically catering to the players uh, who, who are balking at serving this 14-day quarantine sentence, if you will. Um, but you're right. It, 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 there's no way they could say it has anything to do with, with health and safety because if it did, if it's just about player safety, they would be having the training camp absolutely no questions asked in Winnipeg. In fact, other teams would be lining up to try and have their training camp yeah. Like Winnipeg, uh, and you're right. Financially, it also makes no sense, Steve. Uh, what's the Canadian dollar today to, to move your operations? Um, you know, for three weeks or however long camp is going to be, to move all of that to the U.S. and now have to add, you know, thirty cents to the dollar on every expense you have, also doesn't make sense. So, I, I, to me, it's a fascinating issue, and unfortunately, the Jets kind of true to form. Uh, typically don't say very much publicly, but I'd love to be a fly on the wall of the conversations that are going on right now. But I'm, I'm with you, Steve. If I'm Kevin Shoveldayoff, I'm on the horn with every player that's outside of Canada right now saying you've got until June 26th. Uh, either come now and get your two weeks out of the way now, or, or if you want to wait, fine. Uh, but now that means you're not going to be skating kind of right up to training camp. Of course, the other thing we don't know here, Steve, is what kind of dialogue is going on between the NHL and the federal government. Perhaps everybody's been told, wink, 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 nudge, nudge, that there is going to be an exemption made and it just hasn't happened yet. And if that's the case, if everybody has that in their back pocket, I suppose that would reduce kind of the urgency, right? Yeah, I, I, I... For sure, it would if they if they know that. Um, I, you know, all indications from the feds have been that they're not going to do that. Um, I think that it, I, I'm just, it's not a good signal and or not a good sign and not a good precedent. Um, and and they they've seemed reluctant to commit to doing anything like that. But I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first time that have changed their mind, said one thing. And, did another right so um yeah i'm i i don't know that i would bank on that i guess june 21st is the border agreement with the with the americans and uh, the borders being closed I, um i i nobody in canada seems to want that to change no. and i uh, think there's a there's a report out that that's very likely getting extended now through the end yeah. of july right good i mean keep the borders closed now of course it's a bit of a red herring. The border issue itself, that 
that doesn't prohibit Blake Wheeler, for example, or Patrick Liney from coming back to Winnipeg. No. Because right now, even for citizens, you can still cross the border uh, if you're if you're doing so for employment. You just can't do so to go on vacation. But you still have to quarantine for 14 days. So the border issue isn't the obstacle. It's the quarantine in crossing the border. And, um, yeah, the clock is ticking for sure. Now that we now have a date, July the 10th, uh, the proposed start of camp, the big question around here, of course, is is uh, whether that camp is going to be held in Winnipeg. And if it is, those players better get their butts back to town ASAP. Back for the second period of our Jet Center podcast, Mike. We talked a lot about the NHL and its return to play uh, in the first period, and um, there was other news on not returning to play uh, this week. U uh, Sports um, canceled all of its fall sports programming, including uh, football and um, soccer and um, rugby, hockey, rugby, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Most notably, it affected. Uh, the local Bisons football team and the with the two women's soccer teams at the two universities here in town. And um, and uh, still, though, uh, crickets uh, from our Canadian Football League people, uh, you know, it seems to me that um, if the, you know, the people running the collegiate football programs uh, across the country uh, are smart enough to see the writing on the wall that, playing football just probably isn't going to go isn't going to go here this year that potentially um the cfl is not going to go this year they they, they they continue to stall i guess hoping that something's going to change i'm not sure what they're thinking is going to change frankly um maybe that they can um get some sort of people into the stands or something in september like well, what do yeah, to me, What's Steve, that has to be that that that's the only explanation as to why there's not clarity right now. Because you're right. What else? What other data could they possibly be waiting on? We already know if if, they, if the Bombers wanted to bring their entire team to Winnipeg right now to get ready, well, they could do that. And again, they'd still have to do the 14 day quarantine for those guys that are out of the country. Uh, but everybody would have to do that, and there's plenty of time to get that done. So that can't be the obstacle. Well, uh, can't practice. That many people can't practice all at once. I mean, it's it, 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 the NHL when they're when they're this training camp's going, they're going to be in small groups and stuff like that. I think I'm not a, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but um, I don't know that you can have 60 football players on a field practicing, can you? No, but I mean. Bomber practice, like just using as typical CFL practice, they often are broken up into smaller groups, anyways, right? To like they'll have the offense and and see, and then you'd have your subs kind of on the sidelines. Like there, there would probably be ways around it for sure. Um, Listen, curling, curling has said that they're going to have only one sweeper this year in curling um, because they don't want two people down sweeping at the same time face to face like that right like so how how are you gonna have like 12 guys on the line across from each other how's that gonna work in football i mean again i think if it were to go just like we're gonna see in the nhl or and the nba and mlb you'd have to have a comprehensive 
um, health and safety plan, which would have to include testing. I'm not saying that that the bombers would have to create a bubble, um, but and we're and, and I mean there has been talk of potential hub cities even in the in the CFL, right? If it were to if it were to go, so I guess you know these guys, you still you limit their contact with the outside world, uh, and you do extensive testing and. If somebody were to be symptomatic, you pull them out of the, the pack and, and isolate them. But for sure, I mean, that would be, and, and maybe that is a hiccup too, Steve. I mean, that's not cheap, right? Uh, the NHL no. has said testing is going to be very expensive. If you're the CFL, which is losing money uh, when you're running a full season, right? I mean, can you afford, like, is, is the cost-benefit analysis, is it better to, to sit out a season than to to try and forge ahead, but I, I don't know at this point, as we sit here almost mid-June, uh, and what should be kind of, the, the, the season would be kind of starting right now, right, under a normal well, circumstance? It, it was scheduled to start in late May this year, actually, yeah. So, I mean, here we are now, and with the best-case scenario that's out there is, what, an eight-game season, and uh, but even that now, you know, that would have to start in September, um, so they still do have time, like 10 weeks or so, until say Labor Day, 10, 11 weeks, but um, yeah, I mean, with, with what's happening in U Sports this week, for sure, that's another bad sign. Now, they obviously have different issues. Yeah, U Sports, you know, they're taking funding away from um, from students, and, and, you know, colleges obviously have to be very careful of how they're spending their money, but uh, that's a tough blow, for sure, just on the U Sports point, for any of those student-athletes. Their careers are short enough as it is, right, and to lose potentially a a whole season like that. If you're a senior, I mean, what a kind of unceremonious way to have your uh, your athletic career come to an end. Well, I would, they would still have another year left. I think that they 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 they're not they're not using up a year of eligibility. Just back to the CFL for a second. Like I I, I, I Jeff Hamilton was in the office here yesterday, and we were chatting a little bit about this. And so I've tasked him uh, to get a hold of the bombers and talk to the CFL. I'd like to know. If this league is planning, frankly, for next year, um, it seems to me that sports teams, sports leagues, I would imagine, are, I hope, looking further down the road here. I mean, in a COVID world, um, social distancing is going to be around for a while. And the idea that there will be a full crowd of 20,000 people well, there's never a full crowd in IGF anyway, yeah. but let's say 25,000 people in IGF in 2021, I, 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 I'm not sure that I can envision that, frankly. So, I, not at all. I, yeah. I some sort of perception out there, I'm, I'm worried amongst people that when the calendar switches <laughs> to 2021, that everything is going to be back to normal. Um, it's some sort of denial, I think, that people are in, or it, it's not. It, everything I've read does not suggest that um, that you know there's going to the COVID. COVID is with us right here for a right. foreseeable future, and so I'm curious to know whether the CFL has a plan for next year. Never mind this year. You're you're right. I mean, and I saw a report the other day. Now this is the U.S., of course, not Canada, but. I believe it's 14 different states uh, just just had their like COVID highs in the last week through through the whole pandemic so far. Like the, the curve isn't even close to being.
U.S. states, it's still growing. And this is still the, the so-called first wave, right? Um, the, the second wave that many predict could come in the fall yeah. and winter, like we haven't even broached that subject yet. So you're right. Um, you know, maybe, Steve, another reason the CFL at this point hasn't said a lot of course, there's that big ask that Randy Ambrosi made to the federal government, right? That, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe there's really been any clarity yet on where that that ask is, that financial ask. And I suppose how that pans out may go a long way to kind of determining how the CFL proceed. If they know that there's some, some government assistance coming, that might create a little bit of a safety net that wouldn't otherwise exist. Saskatchewan, I noticed, announced some plans in their um, their uh, guideline restrictions this week. About a week ago, they talked about phase five and where they maybe would have a return of large gatherings of people socially distanced or whatever, right? And do you know what the date on that was? June of 2021. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Uh, you know, like so, I think that the CFL, in my mind, needs to stop thinking about this year, uh, uh, cut some costs, and regroup, and then take some time and plan to see what they can do for next year. Frankly, all right, um, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Centra podcast, commonly referred to as as the Centra part. Mike, we love that. We do. Uh, Lots of Centra. Yeah, there's lots of Cetra. Um, uh, you were out at the Downs um, Tuesday night, Assiniboia yeah. Down. Um, first off, that's not your first time to the Downs, is it? It is not. I, I've actually been going. Uh, I've been going since I was a little kid. My grandma and grandpa. My grandpa lived for race, horse racing. So, I mean, my earliest memory, I was like five or six, and I remember going with my grandparents. Uh, and then... Uh, of course, my dad and my mom would take us as kids. And then even as I became a parent myself, I would always take my kids. I mean, I remember going with my son when I think he was probably three years old. And he, I'd let him run around kind of the concourse. And he loved seeing the horses. So, yeah, I always go like not not a ton. I'd say on average three to four times a summer. Uh, but, but for probably 40 years of my life, I've, I've been going a good chunk of that. So, okay. yeah, very familiar with the Downs. I love the sport, absolutely. All right, so uh, for those folks who are, aren't aware, um, Assiniboia Downs is the thoroughbred racetrack here at the uh, west side of our city, and they were the first uh, racetrack in Canada to, re- to resume racing or start their meet, really, this year. Um, a few weeks ago, They've been racing with no fans, no no betters, no uh, people in the stands, um, and um, they've been racing Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights. And their handles have been record handles for Cinnaboy Downs. Um, they seem to have captured a, 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 the uh, the internet audience. And um, so you went out on uh, Tuesday night to see how they were doing this and what they were doing. And you'll have a you had sorry a uh, a nice yarn in today's paper Wednesday all about that and um, um, I was jealous um, for sure <laughs> um, I always loved going to the track at one point in time in my career here at the Downs I was the horse racing writer and, and then uh, Wiesek was after that and 
Yes. We, I, uh, we're degenerate uh, horse racing gamblers at, at times of ice. Um, I won't go down that path too much. I think folks kind of know that. Um, so how did you enjoy it? I, I, I had a blast. I mean, it was a, it was a huge change, of course, to not hear uh, the sounds that you'd normally associate with, with a race night, right? And specifically, the, you know, as the horses are kind of coming around the final turn down the stretch, usually there's that, that rumble of anticipation. I mean, people have, uh, people have money on the line, so you can kind of hear the crowd, the murmurs turn into kind of a full-throated roar. Well, there's none of that. It's otherwise pretty silent other than the sort of thunder of, of the horses coming down. Um, but uh, you know that a worldwide audience is tuning in. I mean, Tuesday night, Darren Dunn told me there was about $1.2 million wagered, and very little of it actually came from the track itself. There is one exception now that there are a handful of fans that were actually watching live racing. Starting this week, they've opened up the, uh, the dining room, uh, which offers a, a lovely sort of panoramic view up on the second floor. I actually went and sat up in the dining room for the last couple of races. There was about 100 people in there, Steve. I think they're allowed right now at 50% capacity. They can have a maximum of about 150 people. So it was about two-thirds full. Uh, and people, they would actually come to your table to take your bet. Uh, yeah, they've done that forever, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, now I, I actually set up an online account. I don't know if you've ever done this. It is so user-friendly, it's ridiculous. Like, it, it's actually dangerous, I was telling my wife. It's dangerous how easy it is uh, to use. Um, I don't think I'll ever go stand in a line again to make a bet, not after using the, the, the website. It was so convenient. And, of course, not just Assiniboi Downs, you could bet... I believe on Tuesday there were 30 different tracks around the world that that I could have placed a bet on any horse race. Uh, I actually won twice uh, the other night. I came up, I was only betting $2 a race. Uh, I won 12 and changed on one race and 5 bucks on another race. And Steve, my, my uh, handicapping tip was to bet on the horses whose owners I had just interviewed that night. That, that's all it was. And it actually paid off for me. Sure, might as well just bet the gray horse, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a nice night uh, for sure. And, you know, anybody out there, like I said, you can now actually go. If you wanted to go have a night at the track, it's not going to be the same. You can't be in the grandstand or kind of on the, the, the tarmac there by the finish line, but you can be up in the restaurant. Uh, there's six races every night that, they have 600 horses this year, Steve, out at ASD. That's a jump. They had like 450 last year. So the fields are bigger. There was a race on Tuesday night. They had 11 horses in it. I mean, you don't wow. see that very often. So uh, there's more variety. Uh, there's better competition. And the payouts. Uh, I mean, when you have bigger fields, usually the payouts are a little better, right? So uh, it was well, a great way to spend an evening, no doubt about it. The bigger fields certainly create a more... Uh, honest, not honest, that's not the word I'm looking for, a more uh, reasonable payout, yeah, like, yeah. small fields often, yeah, the payouts are really small, so, um, yeah, well, so, the Downs is, you know, um, we've given the Downs quite a few shout-outs lately, and Darren Dunn sent me a nice um, um, email on the weekend, um, Wiesig and I mentioned them in our Say What uh, uh, last week, and um, 
And um, you know what? They, they, they've just done a great job surviving many things at that track. Um, and, um, you know, so kudos to them for that. They really are, you know, a real great success story here um, at, uh, in sports right now, for sure. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And I met a couple trainers the other night, two guys that because so many tracks in North America aren't open yet, uh, they've attracted these trainers and thus their horses to Winnipeg. And, you know, I, I talked to one guy, he's from Alberta. Um, he's brought like 23 horses here and, and he never would have been here if if not for the fact that other tracks aren't open. And he had nothing but praise for, for what Darren Dunn and company are doing here in Winnipeg. Like, this is a, a great opportunity for ASD. I mean, they're, they're only getting a very small percentage of the wagering. So that in and of itself isn't a real windfall for them. Uh, however, uh, the fact that they've got more eyeballs than ever on the track, uh, the fact that they are kind of, you know, uh, got a bit of a spotlight on what they're doing certainly bodes well for a track that uh, kind of keeps finding a way, don't they, to, to stay alive. All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Centra podcast. Uh, Mike, i got a bit of a plug here, and it's, uh, it's about um, travel a little bit. Um, yes. It's, it's for everybody, travel is uh, very different right now. Um, a lot of us would be uh, planning vacations. Um, I know that I've had a number of uh, vacations canceled and trips canceled due to the pandemic. And, and uh, you know, we talked a lot about quarantining. And, um, heck, if you want to go anywhere, you would have to then quarantine where you got to and quarantine when you get back. That's a little different now. Um, it looks like with this Western Canada stuff, I guess we right. We can go to Bath if we wanted to or something like that. Um, but um, I got an email from somebody at Travel Manitoba this week, and um, they have a new uh, tourism campaign that I'm just going to mention here. Um, it's called Home is Where the Heart Is. Um, for the very first time in almost 20 years, I guess it is, Destinations Canada, which is a, uh, a group that promotes tourism to Canada, has put money into trying to cultivate the domestic uh, uh, clientele. They normally are trying to get people from around the world to come to Canada. And, and Travel Manitoba often focuses mostly on trying to get people from around the world to come to Manitoba. But uh, because um, that can't really happen this year, they're not, we're not going to have any international tourism or any really Canadian tourism. Um, they're encouraging people to... Um, travel around Manitoba and, uh, and uh, find out, uh, uh, you know, fall in love again with our own province. And they're having a little contest even that um, if you travel somewhere in Manitoba and you um, want to tell your social media um, folks about it, you can do all that. And then there's an entry form on the Travel Manitoba website that you can enter and you can win 500 bucks for uh, the best, uh, story i'm not going to enter that uh, um, i am going to take a little trip this weekend um it's been arranged by travel manitoba that's why i'm giving this them this plug i'm going uh, to inverness falls ah now for a couple nights and mostly what i'm going to do this summer I've, I, I've worked out some things is i'm going to try to write some stories for our travel section about biking in manitoba um Bike trails in Manitoba are, are really good, from what I'm told. But they don't get a lot of uh, 
exposure and people don't really know about them. And so, yeah, there's a few places I'm going to plan to go this uh, summer and um, and do some biking. Last year I went biking in Jordan and I went biking in Greece and I went biking in Banff. And so this year I'm going to go biking in Manitoba. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to this weekend and then writing some stories about that. And um, what about you? Have you you were supposed to go to Vegas? You got any? Got any yeah. Gonna make any vacation plan? Yeah. So we were supposed to be in Vegas last month. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, our whole family. We were supposed to be going to New York in August. Uh, that was a trip, Steve. We were so excited about. My son, he's a huge Blue Jays fan. We were going to be watching. Uh, I had tickets to go watch the Blue Jays. Uh, play the Yankees at Yankee Stadium on his birthday in in August. That would have been terrific. My uh, my teenage daughter absolutely loves Broadway musicals. We were going to go see a couple musicals. Of course, all of that now is not happening. We know that if MLB can even figure uh, get its act together, that they're going to be playing in empty stadiums. And I believe the latest report I saw is that Broadway. I think October is the earliest date they're talking about a potential return, and even that seems optimistic. So uh, I had a very painful uh, visit to a website this week, Steve, where I actually hit uh, cancel on those New York flights. Uh, I had kind of been been holding out, uh, but that trip is officially off. So yeah, we haven't decided what we're going to do. I mean, you're right. There is that option now of perhaps going west. Uh, My wife is actually from Thunder Bay, and we haven't been out that way for a long time to visit her family that's out there. And I see in today's announcement, they're also talking about northwestern Ontario. And they didn't define yet where the non-quarantine range would be, but it seems like it could be east of Thunder Bay. So we may explore kind of a short trip, perhaps to see some family. But you're right. I mean, exploring our own backyard. We already took a trip up to Pinawa a couple weeks ago, just, just a day trip. Uh, and Lakabani, and we love the you know the old Pinawa Dam, and just kind of hiking around there. Um, I have a nephew actually who uh, he started a couple weeks ago. One day a week, he's picking where he's just kind of going. I think his mandate is anywhere within about a three-hour drive. He's just trying to find somewhere in the province that he's never been before to go kind of spend the day. And he's been posting pictures and stuff. I love that idea. Oh, you should talk about this contest, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely will let them know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we tend to, we always tend to think the grass is greener on the other side, right? And we probably overlook our own backyard sometimes. And I think it's perfect what you just mentioned, Steve. It's a great chance to kind of get reacquainted with, with home this year uh, and do it in a way that, um, you know, makes us maybe fall in love a bit with the place that, that we were born and raised in. I couldn't agree with you more there, Mike. Uh... Um, I'm looking forward to getting out and, and visiting the province and seeing some things. You know, used to do that a lot when I was younger, and, and we do have a lot of great spots to visit. So um, I'll look forward to doing that. We can chat about it on our in our next podcast, which will be next week sometime. <laughs> yes. Well, after, uh, I know we didn't get into it today, Steve. I actually returned to the gym this week, which opened up. We can maybe talk uh, next week about what, what the protocols were. Have you been back to your gym Shout out to Richard Burr, or, or just still doing it at home? I, no, I'm staying at home. I, I, um, I, I just don't see going back to the gym anytime soon. Um, maybe um, we'll see. We'll talk about yeah. it next week. Yeah, I, I, I'll, this is a cliffhanger then for next week. I can tell you 
it actually exceeded my rather low expectations as to what the experience would be like. And I kind of went leery the first time. I've now gone twice more. 